Cheers, cheers. I'm Ken. I'm Gavin. And welcome to Diplomacy Games, the podcast about all things diplomacy and um, playing the great game. And having a tipple responsibly. Absolutely, absolutely. So what have you on at the moment, Ken? I'm on the beer of the month at the Prince Consort Hotel, which is a Bolter XPO. And how is it? It's not bad. It's, it's, def- it's definitely a... Um, it's, a it's, it's, it's a good... As, as an opening, it's a solid opening. Excellent, yep. excellent. Yeah, um, I'm on exactly the same beer. So it's um, it's always a wonderful beer to have and it's a good way to kind of uh, open a session. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, and we are, as we said, opening from the Prince Consort <laughs> because this is the first pub that we come to before other places start opening up. Just some, and it's nice and close to the train station. It's good ambience. Usually it's not too loud at this time of day, which we notice it is. Um, and we are going to be moving to a, another pub uh, yep. later on in the record. So um, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on where we end up and what yeah. we're drinking there. Hopefully they're open when we turn up. Hopefully they're open, yeah. Um, I guess probably to start off with, uh, we had a, a really good interview uh, this, this time around with uh, Sasha, who was one of the um, organisers behind the scenes at the World Diplomacy Championships. Uh, we spoke about well. We spoke. Sasha spoke about a lot of a lot of items, um, and I'm sure you guys will uh, get a lot out of it. I know um, it's been a little while ago now, and I normally write lots and lots of notes, so I have lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Um, but this time round, it was just so interesting. I didn't actually write notes, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit from memory on the other side. So, so we should actually kind of give Sasha. You know, uh, he has a surname, so Sasha, Sasha uh, Hellman. So. Um, Sasha is. We met Sasha when we were in Bangkok. Yeah, 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 yeah. For WDC, but this this is recorded well and truly after the, the event. Yes. Uh, he he lives as a, as an expat over there, but he's actually I think natively from Belgium. Yes. So um, lots of obviously lots of funny diplomacy jokes there that he's never heard of about Belgium ever before. And uh, and he also plays on video as um, a boy. So yes, uh, yes. I'm actually currently in a game with him, so it's wonderful. Oh, are you? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, 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 right, right. But how about we throw to the interview and then we can have a bit of a chat afterwards? Sounds good. Let's do that. See you soon. Sasha Heilman, thank you for joining us on the Diplomacy Games podcast. How are you today? Um, excellent. Thank you very much. So I you're joining... You... Sorry, you, start, you go. I said, I hope you guys are doing fine in Australia. I know it's uh, afternoon already, right? <laughs> It is, it is, although um, Ken's been um, well-behaved on, a, like, is it a cup of tea or is it coffee, Ken? Coffee. Coffee. I'm a designated driver tonight, so I can't, um, can't, get, can't do any day drinking, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, that sucks. You need to come back to Bangkok. We're really big on, in, on day drinking, no problem. I know, <laughs> I know, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, Sasha, we kind of met for the first time in Bangkok. Um, and look, I'm, I, I still kind of lax work, fuck, can't even talk properly, lax lyrical, uh, with Ken whenever we kind of get together and we talk about our experience in WDC. It was a fantastic, um, you know, uh, place. It was a fantastic tournament. Um, and it was great to meet such fantastic people and you were one of those people. So, um, 
having somebody of your calibre around the board playing the game and, um, you know, taking it in the neck when I stabbed you and then making me not forget about it was uh, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Did you stab me? I'm, I'm not sure I remember this. Which, which game was that? Um, I, 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 it was the game that I did my very, very worst in. So as oh, I kind of mentioned to oh, you I later, there was a Russia Austria thing going on, right? Well, I was Russia, you were Austria, and yes, um, yes, yes. Oh God, yes. Why are you reminding me on that? Horrible. But anyway, it was yeah. horrible. It was horrible. So. And I think after that, I kind of made it very, very clear to you that I'd be a, 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 a good ally, and and you did kind of, you know, take me. Actually, I'm trying to remember. Did we play? We played. A, did we were in the third game, or was it the fourth game together? Um, I don't know. I played like five games. I got horribly slaughtered in most of them, um, and uh, I think it was one of my earlier games, third game maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost. I lost uh, a little bit of um, count on it. It's all a blur because, yeah, besides playing, I was also co-organizing and co-hosting, and it's all, yeah, a bit of a blur. We'll get back to that whole blur (laughs) and the co-hosting and co-organizing bit soon. Um, But I'm just interested to find out, obviously, you're you're an expat. You're originally from Belgium but living in Thailand. Um, Did you get into the game when you were back in Europe, or was it... In, in Thailand itself? Um, great question. So I played it the first time, I think back in Europe. Um, I don't know when. Uh, it's been a while ago. I even had a physical copy um, of the game and I had uh, that video game um, that you know was popular, I have no idea, a decade or so ago. Uh, unfortunately, the video game was... No good for anything. But the thing is that I couldn't find anyone who really was interested in playing. And I don't need to tell you how difficult it is to just organize a random, you know, seven-player classic game. Um, and, uh, like, if you're in a big city and if you're in a, uh, in a relatively small city, um, I think I fought this back in my high school years, actually, now that I'm thinking back. Uh, well, it was impossible, long story short. And so I didn't really touch the game until I came back to to Bangkok. Um, and uh, there was a gentleman called Lee, who also was instrumental in organizing World Dipcon, and I know you had him here on the podcast. And he organized before COVID um, diplomacy game session uh, at a game store very, very close to where I live. And from there, basically, the Bangkok Diplo community sort of built, and I was playing regularly. I was playing well, um, even though you didn't see much of that on the World Dipcon. Um, and uh, I really became passionate about the game. And, uh-huh. so, and so I've been playing regularly for the past, well, during COVID, not so much, but I would say for the past three years, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm basically, uh, since Lee has, has uh, left to, uh, to Africa, I'm now basically taking care of organizing games here, uh, chiefly in person. Actually, we're going to have one today. That's oh, wow. Cool. 
Yes, actually, after this call, I'm going to pop off to the game store, different game store in the meantime, uh, where we had also brought Dipcon. And um, we are going to have a lot of newbies on the, on the board. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, last week, I organized a uh, diplomacy introduction in um, the company I was uh, working with um, until September. And, uh, yeah, I, I basically invited everybody, and uh, 20 people said they would come. Um, at the end of day, seven actually showed up. Out of that seven, I think five said, yes, this is fun, we want to do this more. And we actually afterwards did get one of these players' friends, who is also going to play today, who said, I've heard so many good things about it, I really want to play this game. Uh, so I'm very excited about this. Um, it's it's not easy to build community, um, and uh, I I take this as a you know good first step in a community building initiative that I uh, that I now organized, and I'm planning to do a couple of more of those, and I hope that we're gonna get a very very active and vivid um, playing community, and then I'll. Uh, the plan is yeah to have regular uh, in-person events, and um, I'll probably supplement this a little bit by um, by uh, running online events as and when my time allows. So that was when you guys when, <laughs> when you guys meet in Bangkok to to play. Is the language yeah. English that you tri- that you work in, or is it Thai? Or um, that's, that's a great question. So. I would have to say, unfortunately, uh, almost, it's English. What? Did we just lose uh, Emily? No, he's back. Oh, with camera. Wow. (laughs) Wow, okay. See, now now I reached my my, uh, goal for the day. I don't know what I did. Watching watching Emily, watching (laughs) Emily sipping on a coke. Okay, so... um, No, 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 it's, it's... it's of course. Yeah. How could I think it's a coke? I, yeah. I don't know. Like I should have known better. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it's English. Um, why do I say unfortunate? Uh, because it would be super desirable if we would have more actual local players. We would have Thai players, um, which unfortunately, right now we we really don't. It's uh, mostly expats. Um, and it's uh, unfortunately also mostly men. Uh, I say mostly because we do have one uh, female player now um, uh, who, yeah. Um, actually, I met during World Dipcon, no, not during World Dipcon, during the Cambodia, during the Cambodia uh, tournament. And um, yeah, she's very much, she's very much excited about the game. Uh, we've been just doing, or actually, we still have a test test game uh, running, and she completely slaughtered me. So I'm very proud of, <laughs> very proud of the rookies. Yeah, so this is another thing I, I basically do before the in-phase games. When you know, whenever there's a group of new rookies, I'm gonna get a couple of the veterans. We're gonna play something online, just you know, to make sure that the basic of Nego are in, that the rules are clear, uh, so that you know, when people come in person um, and the whole setting is a little bit more intense right, uh, that they know what to expect um, because I've also had the experience with some players 
who might also not be very much into competitive playing, uh, you know, being a bit taken aback what's happening actually, uh, you know, on the board. And then if you have a friend ruthlessly stepping you and putting a 10-year friendship at risk and stuff like this, uh, I'm sure you've all seen seen comparable things, right? So we're doing we're doing uh, like these online introduction sessions, and um, that's that works very well, actually, because it's also a um, relatively risk-free, low com- like low time commitment way of introducing new new uh, players. And I uh, had um, one one player now um, who's uh, uh, also was supposed to play today, who's currently playing in the rookie game. Who I told about the game and basically pitched it on. Look, it's strategy, it's tactic, it's ne- negotiation, and there's no randomness. It's a very social game, very intense, um, lots of fun, high energy. Um, and he said, "Okay, I'm gonna give this a tryout." And basically, like three turns into the rookie game, he said, "Well, Sasha, now I get it. This is amazing. Thank you for introducing me to the game." And Obviously, if you do something like this online, right, um, and you do it async, um, it's easier to, I find it's easier to, to get people in actually giving the play a try uh, as opposed to, hey, you know what, sacrifice, you know, a whole day on the weekend, which you could spend with friends, family, doing your hobbies, right, to do a random game with people you don't know and, yeah, good luck, you like it. Yeah. So I think that Doing it online as an introduction is something that seems to work fairly well, especially for people who might not necessarily be into hardcore board games. It's a fantastic way to ease someone into the game, um, and I also think that's fantastic that it, you know, in an, in an expat environment such such as Bangkok, um, I imagine that you know there's there's that trickiness of finding people, which you obviously are finding people, but there's that community building aspect to it as well. And that's, I remember when I was living overseas, that was always something uh, I was looking just to do with people, uh, reasons to get together and talk and just have fun and build a community. And that just sounds like um, you're, you're taking steps in the real positive direction there, Sasha. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, maybe I just now got lucky, um, but I would declare success once we have a uh, decent Thai player base, um, which right now I I unfortunately don't see him happening. I have occasional interest from Thai, thai players, very very occasional. Um, you know, when we do an in-person game and uh, somebody might observe this. Um, but then there's very little, very little in terms of um, following up. So I follow up, right? I invite them to games, but there's very little coming back. Um, and part of this, part of this might be um, having to do with the language. Um, a lot of Thais don't speak English that well, and um, diplomacy very much is a game about language and the nuances of language and what to say and what not to say, right? Um, I do wonder... Yeah? Yes, sorry sorry to interrupt. Have you thought about um, approaching some English language schools um, Mm. and pitching it to them as just a real great way to 
work on your spoken English whilst That's, having a good time yeah, playing a board yeah, game. Yeah, Ken, uh, thank you for this. Um, I haven't yet. Um, it actually might work. I think it would help if I find a language uh, school with a very nerdy owner. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, because you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, it, it really helps if the decision maker says, "Well, I understand the game, I like the game, and I'm going to propose this to you know my students because I actually see value in this." I think this might be a, a great way to go about it, um, with a little caveat here, right? Because Ideally, uh, at one point, we should be able to run games in type. Now, the, 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 the challenge here is that a lot of Farangs, I think the overwhelming majority of Farangs, doesn't even bother to learn uh, Thai uh, in the least. Okay? Uh, I guess whoever is here long term will pick up a few things. But very few people go to the length of actually, you know, bothering uh, to learn Thai enough to have a conversation, which is very sad. Um, at the same time, this is the nature of, uh, yeah, the expat community we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, and so not everybody will speak Thai and the lingua franca amongst, you know, all these players from all these nations we have. Um, and I think between the 24 or is it, is it now 29 players we have uh, in, in the Bangkok WhatsApp group, not all of them active, unfortunately, but my guess is we have 15 nations, yeah. and so defaulting back to English is, uh, yeah, is, is basically the, the easiest thing, right? Um, with that being said, uh, if we have, you know, a Thai player base of um, 10, 15, 20 people at one point, of course it would be really cool to have to have um, games in Thai. I was also thinking about, you know, approaching universities and, um, and, and offering that to their students. And then you basically have a player base that speaks native Thai right there. And then you can make Thai games, you can make English games, and you can, you know, start building this. And uh, you probably know this better than I do, but I think there are um, initiatives where diplom where there are diplomacy groups at universities or at high schools or where not. Uh, similarly, similarly to let's say like you know chess clubs. And uh, I think that is a great way to to go about it and to keep building player base. But I haven't I haven't done that. It's something you're for the future. It was one of the things you kind of touched on because earlier on when you were talking about that, Sasha, I, my initial thought was from spending the time that I did spend in Thailand is that a lot of Thai people are very, very chill. They're kind of, you know, they don't seem to be into confrontation. And I was wondering whether that is ref, uh, reflective of why they don't participate in the game, not necessarily the language barrier. But I think the language barrier obviously would be a key consideration and it is, obviously it's disappointing that they don't directly get involved because of that. But also at the same time, it's just as disappointing that the expats who obviously live, you know, in, in Thailand don't bother to learn the language. Um, anyway, so look, it, it's more an observation than a question. You, you brought up two things, right? Um, and, one is uh, about the expats, and I only touch on this very quickly, the expats learning or not learning the language. Thai has a reputation of being a very difficult language. 
uh, which I would oh, make Ken can, Ken can do bloody well. He made an effort when oh, he was living nah, there. No, 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 no. It's 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 Tinglish, you know. It's it's pigeon. It's pigeon tie. Um, but if I was to live over there, I think I'd make an effort, absolute effort, you know, a, a second time round. But I, I I know exactly what Sasha was talking about. You can get by with English and just little bits of pieces here and there. Um, but yeah, it's no means fluent. You know, it was basic conversation, if if that. Um, yeah, okay, okay. But yeah, no. But to actually make the effort, I think that would be very rewarding if you were to. I think, you know, listeners probably and Sasha, you probably know as well that I, I did live over there for a while when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, making a real solid effort at learning the language if I was to do it again would be, you know, probably the first thing I would be focusing a lot of my attention towards. And I was very rude and cut Sasha off, so my apologies, Sasha. Please continue. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, I, I tend to be guilty of that myself. Um, so where was I? Right. Uh, so, so um, yeah, Thai is perceived to be a difficult language, right? And then um, people are not learning it, which is, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, you also touched about, you know, being non-confrontational uh, in Thai culture, and that might you know, be, a, be, a, be an issue. Um, I don't really see that as an issue per se, because obviously there are also culture, uh, uh, conflicts in, in Thai culture that need to be resolved. Um, and the Thais have, their, have different ways of communicating that than maybe... Uh, than maybe, you know, your average German would. Um, but nevertheless, it's very, very effective. And so mm-hmm. it's only a matter of managing social dynamics, but managing them differently than, you know, maybe you and I would do that. Yep. Um, now, as soon as I have a couple of Thai players who are actually playing the game, I'd be very happy to actually get them on this call. And you know, discuss this in, in, in greater detail because I think this could be really, really insightful. Um, I don't see this as a challenge per se though. Right? Um, I, I think it's really more the, the language on the one hand, um, and uh, maybe a certain amount of shyness around that. Um, and uh, a certain amount of, you know, intimidation when then, you know, you have these high-intensity situations and then you're faced with all these farads. Because that's, right, that, that's sort of the situation here when it comes to diversity, which um, is a bit problematic because uh, most diplomacy players I've met are um, guys our age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, but it's all sort of, you know, the the proverbial old white man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it would benefit the community as a whole if we get a more uh, diverse crowd, if we get a more native crowd, like to wherever, you know, the game is being played, and we get them on the boards, not only online. I believe online we have a quite active Chinese community, um, but I don't, you know, really know 
and it would be nice, you know, in Thailand to build a more diverse community on of Thais and expats and also female players. As I said, right now we have one, um, and uh, if I look at the female players on the world scale, it's It's a real challenge, isn't it, for the game? Because when you consider that whole issue of a lack of diversity, whether we're talking about cultural background, whether we're talking about women, whether we're talking about LGBTIQ, um, there's that whole aspect of I think the game itself would be far better and more rich from the whole experience if it's, you know, not just white guys. Um, I, I think anyone who actually plays the game feels the same way. I'd be surprised if they don't, because I think that would really enrich the experience, um, not only for ourselves who currently play it, but for obviously for, for people getting involved into the game as well. Um, I don't know what, what, you, what you mean. You've given a bit of your thoughts, and I, and I don't want to kind of paraphrase, but um, it sounds like you're similar in, in the same mind on that one, Sasha. Yeah, uh, very, very much so. Uh, so I think it would it would benefit the community. It would also, uh, you know, sort of create a snowball effect, right? The more diverse the community a, a community is, the easier accessible it will be for a broader variety of people because they can actually feel represented and accepted and integrated and, and welcome. And it, no, no offense, but it's if it's if it's uh, the three of us and uh, another four Moricans with a bottle of beer around the board somewhere, you know that's 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 a certain tone, right? Mm. Um, and um, and I've had a couple of I've had a couple of conversations around this uh, with Jamal and with Joffy. Um, you know, in the wake of of, of uh, World Dipcon, and um, yeah, we all agree that we want to have a more diverse community, and we want to see what we can do to actually make this make this um, happen. Um, the way there is probably not going to be an easy one. Uh, I think that uh, the the result will be very very rewarding. And totally as I, I see the first steps. I see the first steps in this uh, direction here in Bangkok, and uh, I hope that uh, you know a year from now when we can have uh, a conversation about this, we're going to be a whole a whole lot further. Yeah, let's talk about that. So, what are the next steps um, in the board game scene in Bangkok, Sasha? What's um in the board game scene, or in, the diplom- in the diplomacy scene, because the board game scene is big. Okay. Well, we're gonna have we're gonna have um, a game today, um, and that uh, while you know yesterday was Halloween, and so a couple of people dropped out on very short notice, um, but uh, that's. Uh, what, what makes me hopeful is that this event generated a lot of interest. So I've seen it in past events where we were barely scraping by, you know, finding people to play. Um, and now we had people dropping on, dropping off, uh, but overall a, a very big interest, big enough that I hope that for the next event after today, which is going to be the New Year's tournament, we might actually be able to fill up two boards. Um, now, I... Don't know yet exactly when this 
New Year's tournament is going to happen because it looks like I'm going to be traveling. Um, but I try to still make it in January because then, you know, it's sort of still New Year, even if it's on January 31st. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, there are a couple of um, Bangkok-loving Australians who also want to, you know, grace us with their presence. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be the New Year's tournament. Then um, afterwards, I'm going to see that I'm going to organize an in-person game maybe every other month and maybe something online um um, you know, every other month so that we have a continuous flow of games and we can also bring in new people to to try out games. And uh, then around uh, August, the idea is uh, to organize another tournament um, more on the lines of Southeast Asian, uh, of a Southeast Asian Championship, similar to what we had in Cambodia this year. Um, and uh, I'm even thinking about doing this outside of Thailand, which will basically be driven by um, people's willingness to travel, right? Because it's a completely different thing when I say, hey, um, dear Bangkok people come to Bangkok or dear Bangkok people go to Danang. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah something I'm going to work out depending on the, depending on the feedback I get. Might be in Bangkok, but my hope is that we can actually do it somewhere else and give it a more Southeast Asian feel, and then you know get get people coming in from yeah, possibly Cambodia, um, uh, from Hong Kong. I'm hoping, and of course from Australia. That's very, that's the plan. Very interesting. Oh, well, this is gonna go. The timing's nice because I mean I, I always I, I found that time of year. Uh, whether you're talking about you know Thailand or Vietnam or wherever, um, it's a, it's a good time of the year because it's it's not too hot, it's not too cold, and it's kind of a little bit cool down here. And I think it'd be, I don't know, I might be might be tempted. You might be would you be tempted? Yes, <laughs> Would you like to be the Southeast Asian champion? I <laughs> I asking Ken. Yes. Oh, yeah. Of course, you would be as well, Sasha, but, you know, go to that side. New Year Tawny sounds fantastic, too. I don't know. I can, you yeah. can come to both, I'm just saying, right? Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, you, um, can, you can team up with Joffy. He already uh, said he's going he's gonna to see that he's going to join. Um, and, uh, I mean, you can also bring uh, the current world champion, right? I hear he's in your vicinity, and then you can all come together. Maybe we're going to be able to to fill here. Twist his rubber arm and get him to another tournament. Yeah. Uh Um, Okay. Okay. What about takeaway loot? Take takeaway learnings from the last tournament. That you know, it was a big tournament that you you, that you co-hosted, Sasha. What um, now that the dust has kind of settled? Now for it's been a couple of months. It's been a couple of months. It's been a month at least. Um, oh, it's been a couple of months now. A couple of months. Yeah. Have, has there been some uh, takeaway thoughts on 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 uh, what you did well and what you might have done differently, or advice to tournament directors 
elsewhere in the world that you've, so you know, that's things that you've learned? As a player or as an organizer? Organizer. Organizer. As an organizer. Okay. So first, first of all, I, I only, you know, lend a hand and support it here. Um, the credit here goes to, goes to, uh, Joffy and Lee, um, Lee being the brainchild of it and Joffy then, you know, running this as a tournament director. Um, I think... Jump, jump, jumping in there, Sasha, having said yeah. that, you were pretty instrumental behind the scenes as well. You were helping out quite a lot. Uh, I did what I, I did what I could, but it wouldn't have happened without these two gentlemen. Cool. So, yes. you know, credit goes to them. Um, so I think the, the key lesson, the number one lesson is be prepared. Long time in advance. Um, I think the, the reason, the reason why, as you said, I was so instrumental here, um, the last time around was because we had to, you know, do a lot of last minute fixes. And there's no reason to do last minute fixes. Just, you know, be prepared, do these things a little bit uh, in advance. And by a little bit, I don't mean a week, but this is like stuff that can, you know, be planned long term, can be, be communicated long term. Um, and that's, that's, um, basically my plan here now for November, uh, to get everything, you know, set up for the New Year's tournament. And um, then, you know, on the day of the tournament, it's all just going to be smooth sailing. Um, I think that if you want to, if you want to organize a tournament that this advanced planning, proper preparation, maybe, you know, have a couple of contingency plans in place, uh, that's key. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that could have at some point run a little bit smoother when you organize it did go well um, overall. Uh, I think uh, I'm very happy on you know the the whole vibe and the whole memory that event created um, for the people who came. Um, it was the first the first uh, tournament of that kind in Asia, um, and I think it was a great uh, it was a great. Uh, kickoff for a series of events like this. And, uh, of course, my hope is that a couple of years from now, we might have another one uh, in Asia. And maybe, you know, who knows, uh, we might even, we uh, might even be able to do this somewhere else in Southeast Asia because we would have, you know, more player base in another big city. That's, of course, wishful thinking right now, but that would be really cool because then by that point of time, uh, you would have a really strong Southeast Asian community. Or you guys, or you guys can all come down the road to Australia. That would work well as a WDC here in a few years. Um, yeah, I mean, I would be definitely uh, on for this. I have just spoken to uh, Joffy um, on your uh, New Year's tournament or your Spring tournament. I understand there's something upcoming, and I plan oh, to be is there. Supposedly, <laughs> well, Spring now. Jamal and Jamal and Andrew were globbering me last uh, last summer for to to come, and so yeah, I'm just basically need to understand when, and then my idea is to come. Never been to Australia, and uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. 
if I don't get eaten by uh, the crop bears or uh, or stung to death to death by tiny octopi or or, or spiders, you know, I'm gonna be just fine. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So yeah, the idea is when whenever I know when it's gonna be. I, I've heard something about February, but uh, I'm just spreading rumors now. Whenever it's gonna be, I'm gonna come down, play the tournament, and then before or after travel uh, for uh, two weeks or something like that around. There are already plans in motion for the traveling, but yeah, I need to understand when I need to book the flights. <laughs> Actually, you got me kind of going. My my mind automatically started kicking in there, Sasha, and I'm I'm gonna blame you, but in a blame you in a good way, and. Um, so, look, I mean, in the past, whenever there's been – sorry, in the past – in the recent past, I should kind right. of give that caveat. So, the time that Ken and I have been kind of actively involved in the face-to-face scene, what, four years now? Five years? Yeah. About yeah. that. Um, look, the only real tour- – sorry, there's been, like, invitational tournaments, so to speak, with mm-hmm. Poppycon, and, and obviously there was the one in Melbourne Open. But it would be fantastic to have, like, an Australian – or, you know, like an Australian championship or an Australasian championship or, you know, Oceanic championship or something like that. I, I think, but, but, I think but, when, I say, when I say Australian tournament, I might be talking about the Melbourne Open here, right? I just call it, for me, the Australian tournament. So just, I mean, get excited but, and go and do it. And just, you know, friendly disclaimer. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But the thing is, so when you talked before around the idea of the concept of, like, a Southeast Asian championship, you know, right. I mean, it'd be great to have it like a, you know, a, 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 I'll call it an Australian championship for lack of a better word at the moment. It could be whatever. But I was just imagining in my mind, and Ken, you'll appreciate this, is you can kind of have this thing every year or two and you kind of take it to different locations, not just like Melbourne or Sydney, but you actually go to something iconically Australian and kind of play there. So whether it's, you know, you have some type of outback thing, you've got something that's like a reef thing, you know, that would be quite interesting because not only have you got the actual game, but you've also got like a cultural heritage, you know, you know, eco type of experience at the same time. Yeah, that would that would be a very much an Australian tournament, not a not a not a South Australasian one. I, I see more a um, big, bigger picture, like a tournament, um, a tournament circuit where you're going around to yeah. places. You know, there's the Bangkok, and then there's uh, Phnom Penh and then you might end up in Seoul next and then you can go around, they're all kind of staggered on different weekends and you can take a whole two months and just go to all of these different spots around you might end up in I don't know, what's a famous landmark in New Zealand to tail to, to, to tail in the um, the whole experience I mean a tournament circuit that could really <laughs> you know, big picture here, long term thinking, you know well, we've got all that. We've got all that private investor money we, we, going into the game. Win the lotto and buy a blimp. We can. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that, I, I like that. I like that blimp plan. That that sounds fantastic. Um, <clears throat> but what you're saying, Kevin, here is is basically, you know, for Australia. But this is also what I would like to to do for Southeast Asia, right? And why I would love to not have the next. A tournament of that kind in Bangkok, but somewhere else, right? Have the game and also have a cultural experience, and and tie that all together uh, into an experience that that 
really enriches you know the players the players lives um, and I think Bangkok the world difficult that was such an experience sorry I, I dropped see. out no worries and it's still well, recording it's still recorded yes yes apparently. Oh, that's fantastic Great. okay um, so especially you know with all the with all the uh, accompanying program that Andrew had organized around uh, around the actual game and so you would have the you would have the cultural experience you would have the gaming experience um, and I think that would be that would be ideal right um, because to say okay you know fly across the world uh, or fly across half the world just to play a game is one thing but to say hey fly across the world and have a great experience basically have a have a vacation and you know all that while playing your favorite board game uh, that is of course something entirely different right would I would I necessarily to give you an idea would I necessarily fly to uh, Melbourne just to play the Melbourne Open mm, maybe not necessarily Okay, or to Milan and, you know, go play the World Championship, whereas I'm not... Do you guys know when exactly this is going to be? Do we have a date? Was it towards the end of May? I think so. Um, yeah, because my, my challenge is I got an invitation to a wedding in Indonesia in May, so I'm not sure whether I'm going to actually make it to Milan. But, um, but uh, my point being, like, just to go you know, their play a game for a weekend is one thing, but if you embed it into a much bigger experience, I think it's it's um, more appealing and also more rewarding. Um, and it's overall more, more worthwhile, right? Going to Melbourne just to play Melbourne Open, one thing, but going to Melbourne and then, you know, make a, make a tour out of it, um, a tour in which, you know, I have friends from the community also, you know, guiding me and supporting me because well, yeah, the locals, I think that is uh, more impactful. Can you uh, heads up on where where to go next and, as a, and uh, you know, a starting spot if you need to doss down and spend a night and then move on to that, that, that local area to, to go and look at it? You know, there's, there's all sorts of places to go and visit. I think you're onto something there, Sasha. There's there's something to be said about connecting um, not only the game but to the to the experience locally in general. Um, yeah, whether it's a scuba diving or rock climbing or you know any number of things. Drop yeah. bear hunting. Drop bear hunting. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I think Gavin's dropping in and out, uh, judging by oh. his video. My video seems to be um, gone to shit, but can you hear me at least? Yeah, we can hear you loud. Yeah, yeah. Just your video is... Uh, I'm looking very intense on my video. It's just like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deep in thought. It's, just, it's just like, Sasha stabbed me and he's taken two of my supply centers. Hmm. What? No, I never do anything like that. I never do anything like that. No, but no, if, no, no. If, if I stab you, I would take two supply centers. I wouldn't just bounce you in Galicia. Absolutely, absolutely. So look, I think I think that was, that was a a really great idea. It'd be interesting to see if what we can do in that space tournament wise. Um, 
I'm just trying to think, is there anything else that you want to particularly cover off in the interview, Ken? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if people are listening to this and they thought, oh, gee, I wouldn't mind um, going to this New Year tourney in, you know, Bangkok in January or if um, they're thinking a bit more longer term and they're looking at maybe going to um, the August tournament in Southeast Asia, how would they um, get in the loop with that information, Sasha? Would they contact you directly or is there a, yeah. a website? How, how would they go about it? The best way... Uh, the best way to go about it is um, get my WhatsApp. Um, I suppose we can put that under the podcast later, um, or whichever way you'd like to, whichever way you'd like to do it. Um, or send me a WhatsApp or send me an email, and then I'll basically add you to the WhatsApp group because we organize the community here basically via that WhatsApp group. And this is where all the information is going to be shared, whether that's on, you know, tournaments or whatnot. Um, and um, then I might actually set up, similar to what we had, you know, to roll Divco, uh, a dedicated, a dedicated WhatsApp group uh, for that. <coughs> Excuse me. For that. Fantastic. Yeah. And and. Do you mind us sharing that, those details on the podcast or would you like us to um, say, hey, listen, you've got our emails, get in contact with us and we'll give you um, Sasha's deets? Um, well, I can give you my my number right now. Since uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of, let's say hypothetically we put this up online and then... I don't know. Spammers start trawling the stuff and getting the material. Yeah, that's, that's, why, I'm, that's why I'm. That's why I'm also a little bit concerned, right? Uh, so, how about we suggest? Um, we've already got your details, Sasha. Um, for any listeners who are interested and keen to find out more and participate um, around, or just at least just find out more about the New Year's tournament, or to find out about the Southeast Asian Championship, um, they can contact us through the website. Uh, that's no problem at all. And from there, we'll kind of connect them up through to you. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sounds perfect. Sounds that perfect. way, we deal with all the spam, yeah. not you. Yeah, that is very <laughs> that is very kind. Yeah, um, I've I've made my uh, bad experiences along that way. That's why I'm I want to get my information out at the same time. A little bit, you know, uh, reticent to just randomly put it everywhere. <coughs> um, yeah, just get in touch with me. Um, if all else fails, what you can do on V Diplomacy, um, you can uh, send me a message there. Okay, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my handle is Waltboy. That's V A U L T B O Y. And that's that's also an, an option if you, for some reason, other don't know how to reach me. Um, and yeah, then I will do I will do the updating. So right now, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna uh, check you know room availability, and then I'm gonna check when I'm actually gonna travel. Um, and once I have my travel dates fixed, that's basically when I'm gonna do the announcement for the tournament, and then I'm gonna basically plan towards that. Uh, gonna accept uh, gonna accept um, um, sign ups. And as I said, my my goal is to um, my goal is to get two boards, and um, then we probably have four games. Um, Bangkok rating system will probably will probably rate only you know 
three games out of that, um, average it out, and um, play also, um, depending on, you know, the numbers of attendees, play also different. I'll be right back, just wait a second. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so will it be a will it be a yeah. one night, one day thing or a two day? Um, the idea, session? the idea for the New Year's tournament is we're going to do it Friday to Sunday. <laughs> Sorry about that. We'll three probably, days. Yeah, we'll probably that's it's the format that just you know really worked well for Bangkok, and also gives people an opportunity to play. Um, so we would have a Friday night game. Uh, we would have two games on Saturday and then a game on Sunday. And, you know, by the end of that game, uh, that would, you know, then be the top board. And by the end of the game, uh, we, we do the, um, we do the whole, uh, oh, what's the English word I'm looking for? Uh, announcements? Boards. Yes, thank you very much. The, the announcement of the winners and of the standings and all of this. Um, and uh, we're gonna get a bit creative on the on the uh, uh, trophies, a little bit more creative than we were, were at World Dipcon. Uh, I can already promise you that. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically gonna conclude it. And then on Sunday, you can either you know stay on a little bit in Bangkok uh, if you're gonna come from somewhere else, or you can catch your flight home. Um, that's that's the idea. Well, I'm 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 super excited. I can't I can't 100% um, put my name down and say yes, I will. Uh, I need to pass that by the other half, um, but I'm definitely interested. Bring her. I heard that a lot of a lot of uh, people make good experience bringing their partners. So, can I, that's just not a not a good reason not to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> he's, got, he's got to get the timing right, so, you know. Um, I've got to get permission. I feel you, yeah, I feel you. I understand, I understand the, you know, uh, the uh, external the external dependencies that need to be managed here. Um, but, um, yeah, if, you know, if anyone is thinking about, okay, I'm really curious to come, but, you know, how would I even go about it? And maybe, you know, I've never been to Southeast Asia. Um, then I'm happy to help. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that worked well. Last World Dipco, uh, we covered everything from, you know, places to eat to, uh, medical emergencies. And, um, we can handle this here. And Bangkok is a very welcoming city, so yeah. by all means, very, come. very easy city. Very, very yes, it was, and I, I um, yeah, the accommodation was easy to find, uh, food was easy to find. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a world class city. It's uh, yeah, so it, it's not a difficult place to navigate. Yeah, and so um, as I expect, like people will uh, be coming from Australia mainly. Um, for uh, for our tournaments here in Bangkok, based on the history, but I also hope that you know we might be or we had players in the past from Korea. We had players in the past coming from Japan, um, and uh, I would be I would be delighted, you know, if our tournament could draw again, you know, from outside from of Bangkok and if from outside of the region, that would be I mean that would be just the dream. I agree, that'd be super exciting. Yeah. 
Gavin? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that's. I think it's probably the right spot to to wrap it up. Um, Sasha, look, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been a great conversation. I've learnt lots as always, but also at the same time had a lot of fun talking to you. So, um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, see you in Bangkok in approximately three months. Both of you, right? Uh, I look, like I said, yes. I've got a kid. Okay. Uh-huh. okay, I, 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 think, I can give you... have these limitations, right? I can give you a very <laughs> clear no. You will not be seeing me in three months, but... The uh, Southeast Asian Championship in, uh, say, August or so. That is very interesting. That is something to look at. Okay, cool. Excellent. And we're back. Cheers. Cheers. Well, thank you, Sasha. I I hope that the um, the, the, the game that you're organising went splendidly. Yes. Um, And I'm really looking forward to hearing about how... Uh, things go with, with recruiting Thai language speakers, Thai, Thai native language speakers. Um, There's definitely a task ahead of you to, to do that. Um, I know I'm definitely looking forward to hearing about some more. I'm going to keep my ear to the ground, waiting for some key dates to, uh, to, to, to get over to Bangkok at some point in the near future. So um, thank you for all of that. How about you, Gavin? Uh, yeah, look, I, I enjoyed the interview. Uh, I think, as I said during the thing, um, I couldn't do an earlier tournament, but I reckon the second tournament dates that you mentioned, I could maybe swing it. You know what I mean? Depending on oh, what yeah, else yeah, is yeah, going yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and maybe maybe just you know, if you were going, and I don't know, maybe if the significant others were going, hypothetically, you know, maybe tack on a little. Another further trip, further exploring Thailand because it's a fantastic country and great lovely, people and lovely part of the world. Love the place, and, and we might bump into Sasha earlier rather than later. Any either way, like he's, he's talking about coming down to Poppycock, for instance. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. So uh, hopefully, whenever a, an Australian tournament happens, then uh, maybe we see him then, and uh, we uh, get to meet up with him, have a, have a drink, and um, feed him around the board. Yep, Sasha. Thanks, mate. Thank great you so interview. much, Sasha. Definitely talk later. Absolutely. Yep. And um, I think, as you mentioned before, it is getting louder and louder here, so we probably need to make that move to uh, another another venue. Let's do it. Uh, but um, we've got heaps and heaps of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff. So even if you just turn in for the interviews, we've actually got a few more of the things that are actually worth talking about. Absolutely. So stick around. Okay. See you. Bye. Cheers. Right. Cheers. And we're back. We're back. And we're at a different location. We are at the... Uh, the press club. Um, press club. Um, which years and years ago you were saying Mike was a nightclub. I, I remember it used to be a nightclub years ago. Yeah, okay. And then I don't think it was open for a while or maybe I just was uncool and didn't go to nightclubs anymore and maybe it was always here all along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm drinking a, a Valley Hops um, Hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad job. Yeah, I'm on the uh, the house cab sav, mm. but I think we kind of went this way because it was five dollars uh, pop. Yeah, five dollar yeah. drinks. It's like for, for, the, for these, and we went can't sure. Go, can't go past the value of that. Absolutely, you yeah. know what I mean. And yeah, I I agree. It's 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 not a bad drop. Not a bad drop. Great value for five dollars. Here, here. Cheers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we, we did say that there's a whole heap of interesting stuff 
sort Lots of happening of around the place. Diplomacy news. Diplomacy news. Should we jump straight into it? Absolutely. It's not just DBN that delivers diplomacy news. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of get to it, but probably a little bit late, but it doesn't matter. But we get there. We get there. Yep. So, um, first and first, first and foremost, oh. you said... Oh, yes. So... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, if, um, as, you, as you may have realised, we haven't been on um, recording for a little while. It's been probably... Oh, Four good, six weeks mm, since we last put an episode out. It's been a good month, yes. It's yep. been a this time of the year is very busy, I think, for both of us, but particularly busy for you for work and everything like that. Um, we do have the windsock on, we kind of hopefully, hopefully baffles it. Yep. Is that what it's baffle? So you called it a baffler, didn't you? It's baffler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've also called it like the a little rat sock, very yeah. rat very, thing very or whatever rat, it is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Oh yeah. So, but but yeah. Look, if you if you if you're a podcast listener and you're missing podcasts because we're not on on air, first off, don't forget you've always got our Patreon feed for only two dollars a month. There is like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of entertainment there. Yes, quite literally. But yep. if you kind of want to do it for free, um, there's also of course um, Brother Boar's Diplomacy Dojo, which was on a bit of a hiatus for quite a while, but is now back. Fantastic. So um, we always love a brother board, you know, podcast episode. Highly informative. Oh, really, yeah. Like, so worthwhile. The, the, the level of the strategic depth the guy goes into is really mm. fantastic. So, you know, if, again, you love the game and you don't listen to that one or you've just recently joined the game and never found it before and you went, oh, that one's not been publishing for a while, I'm not going to worry, give it a go, hop back online and have yeah. a listen to Brother Board's Diplomacy Dojo. Some excellent episodes as always. Or I might jump into it on the way home. There we go. There we go. A bit of, bit of light listening material. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else has been going on in the world of... Well, uh, um, I guess, I mean, you and I, can we hang out uh, when we're not playing face-to-face, which is uh, not very often at the moment because we can't get anybody to actually play face-to-face at the moment. Right. Because, again, it's a busy time of the year. So, uh, first off, say for that, the uh, Brisbane game will take a bit of a break, I think, until the new year. I do have an interesting tangent to that, but I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that a bit later. Okay, well, we'll yep. talk about that later. But, um, yeah, so obviously normally we play online at uh, V Diplomacy right. most, most often. Um, but V Diplomacy is only one of a number of different, you know, online properties in this space, and yeah, one of which... WebDip, web 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 Discord dip, servers, Backstabber, backstabber um, PlayDip. PlayDip. So PlayDip recently got hacked. Uh-oh. Yeah, from our um, And, you know, I was alerted to this and, and tried to put, you know, somebody who might be able to help in touch with them. Yep. Um, it, it subsequently got fixed, which is good. Fantastic. But I, at the same time, I was very confused because when I went on to actually have a look at it to check if it was online or hacked or whatever like that, I thought, oh, it's still hacked. Why did you think that? Well... It kind of looked the normal way it always does. Right. With the stuff at the interface and everything like that. But then the bottom, it had all of these things about gambling and casinos and uh, and not just like what I thought we'd seen previously, which is like just little footer things. It's like half the bloody page is full of these things with roulette wheels and blackjack and... So full on ad- ads at the bottom half of the... Uh, yeah, and the then I kind of reached out to, um, to uh, Super Dipsy, who we previously interviewed. Yes. And... Um, He's, I think as he mentioned last time around, he was moving into other games and was right, yep. taking a bit of a backseat on the diplomacy front for a while. And yeah, he said, no, they've taken a very clear strategic direction from a revenue model point of view. They want to have ads and this is the way they're going. Wow. 
okay, um, add support of diplomacy. How do people feel about that, I wonder? Um, for me, I'm, I'm, I, actually, I, actually, I actually pay a YouTube tax. I pay Google so that I don't have to watch ads when I watch YouTube. I'm at that level. You know, I yeah, pay yeah, like $5 yeah. a month so I don't get ads at the start or at the end of any YouTube thing because it just drives me up the wall. And I don't know, I, it's partly why I don't listen to commercial radio or you know, bother with television. I prefer to pay for a streaming service just because of the ads. It just, I, I, I but, but Playdip previously had this model where there were two tiers of players. There was a freebie player yeah. and then a premium player that actually would pay a monthly subscription like what you're talking about. And you get access to different types got, of yeah, games. Yeah, different, different boards and different and, variants yeah. yep, and yep, things yep. like that. Um, and, and also I think your um, your limits would change. You could play more games or whatever like that. Okay, yeah. But obviously, obviously, I'm assuming that they've still got that, but then they've also supplemented it with this extra advertising revenue stream. And hmm. How does that make you feel? Well, as I said, I kind of looked and I went, oh, the site's still hacked. It just looked dodgy. Right. It just looked dumb. And that was the thing. I reckon if you were a, a new player to the game, I reckon if you were a new player to the game um, and you saw that and you came to play it for the first time, you'd go, what's all this shit? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. It's like, so I don't know. I reckon maybe we need to reach out to some people in the plated community, whether they're players, whether they're people who organise the site, just to get a bit more of a feel for what's going on there. Yeah, because as you say, we don't really frequent the site. Um, you know, and it, it is a big segment of the, on the online diplomacy community. Uh, yeah, you're right. We should reach out and have a, have a chat, see what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you touched on there being no face-to-face in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, I one of the one of the one of the people I work with, her husband's recently opened up a game store down on the Gold Coast. Oh right. And I was like, oh fantastic, that's great. Do you play do you have board games there? And they're like, oh no, we want to we want to branch out into board games, but at the moment they're mainly focusing around Warhammer and oh, yeah. you know that that sort of game store. And I said, Well I'll tell you what, I'm um, I have a whole heap of board games at home which I never play and I'm looking to downsize my board game collection, I'll donate some to you. All right. Very generous. Thank you very much. So um, I made a big selection and I passed it by um, my my other half, um, who vetoed maybe half a dozen of them. No, you can't give that away. No, 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 that's okay. Right. End up with a good solid 10, 12 board games. that I was uh, just donate. So ones like Sheriff of Nottingham and um, uh, Robo Rally and you know Kingdom Builder, stuff that people may know about. Um, right. I know you're nodding. You're like, I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is blah 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. But what I did was I got a little, I got a little sticker on it, and I put a little, uh, you know, those white stickers, uh, little labels. Yeah. And I wrote on each of the labels, uh, donated by. Backstabbers Brisbane, interested in a game of diplomacy, contact <laughs> up diplomacygames.com, right? 
Okay. Uh, well, there we go. So there's a whole heap of board games going out to a board game store down, or game store that, you know, and so they start introducing these games to their uh, clientele who are coming in and they're, you know, when they're sitting down, they're not playing Warhammer, they're playing board games and they're looking at this little sticker. And yeah, yeah. It turns out that um, the, 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 the I fella, guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fella uh, spoke to um, the lady I work with and said, look, I reckon I've got enough players to do a board game of diplomacy. Would you like to... Um, make the trip down to the Gold Coast to, to host yeah. it. And I'm like, absolutely, I'll raise that with um, Gavin next time I, oh, I sit, down with him, sit down with him this week. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's just a matter of working out how many he's, how many he's actually gotten play there. Yep. Um, if he's got seven, then uh, I mean, only one of us will have to go down, but if he's got um, if he's got six, then oh, two of us will both go down, both just go in case down. someone's a no-show. Yeah, no to show. back it up, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 so, um, yeah. interested? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've, I've got a, um, a few things excuse me, coming up over the next couple of weeks, the next two, three weeks. Okay. But, um, yeah, absolutely. If, if the dates match up, I'll be there with bells on. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. I'll pass on the good news. I thought you'd be happy. And uh, on, on that vein, I was actually at a, um, uh, I was presenting at work today around a, a project that we're currently delivering. It's a little bit to do with AI. Right. And I was, I talked a little bit about my journey, just very briefly around, you know, first off, first off, I talked about, you know, has anyone heard of ChatGPT, half the hand squaring up, you know, abused it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I talked about generative AI, then started talking about things like machine learning and, and bring these things together. And um, I said, you know, strangely enough, I'm, I'm happy to admit it, I am a bit of a board game nerd. I kind of went to a board game, you know, world championship. Um, and, and as a result of all that stuff as well, you know, I'm very plugged into the community. I didn't kind of say, hey, co-host a podcast. But I said, you know, as a result of all that, you know, found out more around this stuff, which really helped me understand and where we are now and how they are. Yes. And you, of course, mentioned someone at the end said, oh, tell me about this game. What is it? So it's like, oh, well, this is what it is and blah, 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 blah. So I had like a captive audience there of like 50 people. I don't know if anyone's actually going to fucking be interested at all. But I said, hey, and we run games yeah, probably every every couple of months when we can in Brisbane. So if you're interested, just reach out. Reach out yeah. No one's reached out yet. Oh, but well, still. You know, just still get the message out there. Message, get the message, message. out there. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Embrace that inner nerd. Well, that's Embrace right. It's it. like, you know, it's hey, you know, we've, we've, we've added yeah. ourselves on the podcast now. So oh. it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, now you said you had an interesting fact, and you weren't willing to share it with me. Yes, so I wanted to kind of get your res- your response and your reaction to this one. Okay. So in preparation for, obviously, you know, we, we, we go down a number of different tangents within our podcast, and one of the we things we do, yes, I mean, we've th- gone from body language experts through to, um, you know, AI project managers at yes absolutely you know at, 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 at DARPA so I mean and everything in between so one thing um, and we have touched on this in an earlier episode around the the urban legend the myth making behind the game diplomacy yeah like JFK playing it in the White All House that stuff that yes, stuff that yeah. type of stuff so I have mentioned before I think we may have mentioned before at the moment, if you go to Wikipedia yep. and you go to the listing about the board game diplomacy, it touches on these 
reported to be the favourite game of John F. Kennedy and also played by, you know, favourite game of Richard, you know, was it uh, Henry Kissinger and all these other people. Yeah. And Wikipedia being very, very judicious, and we have talked about this before, I think, but have mentioned before. I think we have. Can't really no, remember. No, we after, have definitely After hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Yes. <laughs> Down the bottom, obviously, Wikipedia footnotes everything as, as you know, so you can kind of actually go, okay, this is this is correct or whatever like that. Where, where it comes from, right? And the Wikipedia entry for the game, and also for the Wikipedia entry for Henry Kissinger, yeah, reference this same article that was in um, Games and Puzzles magazine, yeah, from May 1973. Right, okay, yes. You, you have spoken we about have this. We have spoken about yep, this yep. because at the end of this whole long, 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 long article, it has the author talking about, you know, hey, there was this particular puzzle or issue and, you know, this, this, this thing that was being discussed amongst this group of people at this party and only one person can get it right. And he had a stunning resemblance to, you know, uh, you know Henry Kissinger. Oh, and brackets. Okay. Oh, and by the way, he said diplomacy was his favourite game. Oh, okay. Okay. Now okay. in Wikipedia, that currently is referenced as in an interview with Games and Puzzles. Henry Kissinger said this was his favourite oh, game. Oh, okay. And we have talked about it. And went. Oh, is it kind of breaking the myth a little bit by saying those things in the past? Is it? Yes, I think it must be. But the truth must come out, though. But, or maybe not but, I subsequently emailed the author of that article. Oh, oh. So the article, as I said, was written 50 plus years ago. Well, almost 50 years ago to the day. Fortunately, he was a young bloke at the time. Yes. So he's still alive and well. Thankfully, yes. Um, So the, the person who actually wrote it, kind of actually bring all this stuff up properly so I can actually reference things as I'm talking about it. The person wrote it is Giles Brandreth. So Sorry, say that again. Giles Brandreth. Okay. So Giles was in fact the, I don't know if he was the, I think it was either the owner or co-owner or editor or whatever like that of this Games and Puzzles magazine, an actual print magazine it based in the UK in the 1970s. Right, yeah, a real magazine that was coming Yeah, it was a real yeah, magazine yeah, yeah, a real publisher, yep, you yep, know what I mean? Yep, yep. Anyway, so I asked him about it, referencing the fact that in this edition, and I mentioned the edition and the page number, Yeah. you referenced the Georgetown party where three husbands and their wives were trying to solve a puzzle. You mentioned that, quote, only one man at the party cracked it, and he was a college professor who looked not unlike Dr. Henry Kissinger. Brackets, whose favourite game, quite incidentally, turns out to be Diplomacy. Right, okay, unquote. I mentioned to him that this has found its way into urban legend in the Diplomacy community. Yeah. Talked about the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. In addition, it's now referenced in the Wikipedia entries for not only the board game, but also for Henry Kissinger. Uh I asked him if I'd be interested in exploring this with you a little bit more. So, in doing so, actually, I did a little bit of research into Giles. So Giles is... He's a fucking awesome dude. Yeah. With what he gets up to. Um, Giles was an actual uh, an MP of the UK Parliament for a period of time. Wow. Okay. Yes. And uh, you know, it was relatively senior. Not didn't quite make cabinet minister, but no, you know, okay. it was yeah, yep, yep, uh, yep. quite well respected. Yes. Um, 
and and he's actually I, I read an article online which talked about he's one of the few politicians that have done particularly well after a political career far more so than during their political career <laughs> so he kind of he, he's got like a I think it's like he was like a, he's like a TV show many TV shows in the UK yep. so some of our UK listeners might know him he's got his podcast he's got lots and lots of books yeah, all wow. again this yeah, puzzle space yeah, and everything yeah, like yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, I um, sent him this email. I didn't hear anything for a week, and I thought, oh, it's just gone off into ether. I won't hear anything, blah, 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 blah. Okay. He responded back. Brilliant. He said, dear Gavin, good to hear from you. Okay. Are we going to read this verbatim? Are we going to publish the letter? Yeah, you can't I'm going to talk about it now. We'll talk about it now. Okay, yes. Okay. So this is our news. This is our news. This is, this our, is, this, this this is, this is potentially something that could okay, be... Yeah. Maybe update a Wikipedia entry. Ooh. So, you know, we we're actually... Okay, yeah. and if, look, if anyone's out there is actually smart enough to update a Wikipedia entry and do this properly, please reference the show. <laughs> please, please, please reference the show. <laughs> anyway, dear Gavin, great to hear from you. But my recollections of that game of diplomacy back in 1973 are a bit vague. Okay. It was half a century ago after all. I did subsequently meet Dr. Kissinger and enjoyed the encounter. Through, though his gravelly voice and thick accent made small talk a little challenging. <laughs> we talked about diplomacy, but I'm not sure whether he realised I was talking about the game. He may have thought I was talking about international diplomacy with a small d. <laughs> anyway, so he kind of goes on to say, thanks so much for the email and so forth. Um, good luck. And uh, please give my very best wishes to everyone in the diplomacy community. All the best, Giles. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay, so so JFK's a, a myth. That's busted. Well, Can I, I say that's this, busted? I think the thing is, the hard part about this is primary sources. Because right, he's saying... There's no primary source around JFK. So the other thing is, this whole JFK... Henry Kissinger thing has also been mentioned before in other articles written in uh, like online newspapers like 10 years ago right which was referencing and I haven't actually seen this so if anyone's actually got some really old diplomacy board games yeah apparently in some of them and I don't know what was the period of time what was the edition whether it was the UK or whether it was the American version there was a, like a little thing inside the game talking about the game and what it was all about and or was it that or was it actually like a sales catalogue from um, games what was it, what was it, it was published on the box yeah whatever it was but apparently it was published on this thing saying this stuff right so it's kind of like I don't know a company Where? saying oh these these people use my product we've got no no way, way to, nowadays we probably know because the way social media cross, works. Cross-reference it, yes. Is there photographic evidence of um, JFK playing the game? Well, it's not. Right? Um, is there anyone who was in the administration at the time who remembers actually playing the game? And, no, they're all dead. Know, they're all dead. So does anyone... <laughs> is there any of their children remember their parents talking about it? How well, do we know? Well, that could be one way of doing it. So, look, there is... Um, and I did... And I think I may have mentioned this years ago. I did write to the Kennedy presidential library right they've got all the presidential recordings that were recorded in the white house and everything like that yeah that was i think the first time that they were started actually i think kennedy was the first president to introduce recordings like what, what eventually kind of got kissing nixon nixon okay? done yeah 
but because of the age and the technology and everything like that, because it's very, very early, and the fact that you don't, you're not having got, you haven't got microphones in front of people in the meeting, it's not that great, okay? And right. apparently, according to the Kennedy Presidential Library, there's actually nothing there which indicates any discussion around a board game diplomacy. It's disappointing. Because I like to think... I like to think the interns are playing it in the halls of power. You know, and there's a notice board there. Press. Yeah. You know? I, I do love that idea. That, 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 that's a hard myth to break, Gavin. That's a hard... You're a hard man. I have so this has been a big question of yours for years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I have subsequently tracked down... And I know the postal address of Henry Kissinger. You written him a letter? No, I was going to... And I was going to include, um, you know, highlighted copies of Wikipedia, yep. highlighted copies of this article, yep. and maybe a highlighted copy of Giles' email. It's a good idea. You ought to. I mean, he's getting on in his years. He's 100. I oh, know. That's what I'm saying. He's getting on. <laughs> Why do you want to, uh, yeah. You might forever lament not actually reaching out. I know, but I also don't want to be the—I don't want us to be the guys that you know burst the bubble on an awesome urban legend myth. Uh, I think you should. I think you should. Let's get the story from the horse's mouth. Well, we can try if, if, we, if, we, if we can. If we yeah, can. that'd be good. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that was my one interesting fact bit of news. That's that. That's that is interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I do see Kissinger going, yep, seeing diplomacy as a game, as an inter-global game. I, I, I do see that. Well, see, like, I, I, there's, uh, I've been, uh, earlier I had been reading a Because it's not like that's new language either, right? Like, you've got, um, you know, the, the game of nations, um, the, the great game where oh, they're talking yeah. about the, the powers of um, in, in, the, in, in, in Central Asia yeah? Yeah. and it's not like it's a new concept to refer to power politics or international diplomacy as a game yeah yep so like I mean I've been I've previously also reached out to Noel Ferguson so he's a uh, uh, yeah, a, a professor, an author, you know what I mean? Knows his shit. He's actually, he's written, you know, the Was he the one who wrote the biography of Kissinger? Around Kissinger, yeah. Right, yeah. And I was reading through that, and I couldn't find anything there to reference that at all. Yeah. So, I think it's, again, it might be an urban legend, but... Question marks, question marks. There's holes appearing in the legend, isn't there? There is. But anyway, we'll keep digging. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think people these days only play diplomacy because they were that they're their personal heroes, JFK and Henry Kissinger, playing in the White House? I think there's probably not too many people that would probably consider Henry Kissinger a hero. <laughs> no, probably not. I mean. Because that's the flip side, okay, yes, it's a cool urban legend, but if it turns out to be false, like declaratively false or declaratively true, yeah. right, does it matter either way? Like, it's still going to be out there. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
I mean, you've got to think about that too. I mean, are you going to turn people off playing the game? Oh, damn it. JFK didn't play it in the White House. I'm never touching the game again. So. You know? It's, nah, it's not going to matter. So. It's not really going to matter. It's, it's, it's honestly, I find it, it's probably more of a hook. It is. Yeah, I, I like find it when you're talking to someone around the game and they don't, they've never heard of it before. And you can you drop I always, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's name dropping. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's like, oh, these people used to play the game. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I know who they are. Dave Coe was not a bad guy, kind of died early, but yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and again, people, most people probably don't, don't have an appreciation of some aspects of history, you know what I mean? Like, sure. they'll just yeah. go for whatever they've learnt from media or their schooling. So, um, anyway. Speaking of aspects of history, I've got a whole pile of maps in here. <coughs> cool, maps. let's get on to that. Um, and I was interested in... Sort this of is maybe, all around the uh, the new new variant oh, what, that we're, what we're doing. We're tentatively calling it Colonia. Well, that was a very right? that was the first name we came um, up with on the minibus coming back from those um, and, and those I, pools. I, I kind of like the idea of um, decline in the age of enlightenment. I thought that would be a nice one. Yes, yeah, I thought. Um, as but a, you're thinking it's kind of a bit too long. I think um, I think that's too long. I think Colonia sounds more like something it's. I don't know, it's more that, that 15th, 16th century type of, you know, more high Spanish period, you know what I mean, of, of things. So, if anyone's sort of missed what And then I thought I was going to call it Empire, but you didn't like Empire. No, it's too, too, too bland, because it's set around the, um, uh, the American-Spanish War. Well, that's where, that's where we started thinking that's about where we the started idea. thinking, right? Um, we thought, you know, expanding it to four quadrants. You know, one based around West Africa, one in the Caribbean, one in Southeast Asia, and one in Europe. Yep. Um, and the supply centre count is the total of all of those, but you can't move units in between those regions. Theatres, yeah. Theatres of war, yeah. Um, and there was uh, the USA, England, France, Spain, Spain, France, Portugal, and... Holland. Holland. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we were talking about there's a number of independent, sorry, neutrals, which were either independent countries, standing armies, standing army situation, or the uh, the indigenous um, nations of the the time. Yeah, of the region. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so basically went to. um, But can I talk about your your name? Oh, you want to talk about this first? You talk about this first. We'll come back to the name. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I've gone to alternative history maps. which is a massive map repository of all things alternative history. Right. Um, and they've got a whole heap of really interesting maps to sort of start our thinking around the regions where, like, zooming in, because it's all digitally done. They're all properly ratioed. Yep. Um, just to start, just to start our thinking process as to which one, which maps are we going to kind of grab. And we might very well do this off tape because it's not going to sound very interesting if we're talking about it. But um, I, I, I've got, I've got, you know, the Mercator projection of um, Africa. There's um, Mercator. I've heard that word before. It's very fancy. What's it mean? It's a map projection. Okay. Um, and it makes the, the the different ratios of the world look different. It's got different types of. Is map that why Greenland always looks so massive when it's yeah. quite small? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, this Someone is should an, have told that to Donald Trump before he decided to think he wanted to own it. <laughs> um, 
mean, there's one of Europe, but it's showing all of the, the showing the all of the rivers. Yeah, we don't want them. They're, we don't want them to be navigable rivers. Do we want navigable rivers? No, no, no. Keep it, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Um, stupid. How far up on the on the board did we want to go? Like, we want to keep like the tip of Norway, or? Well, I thought we were looking for. Okay, so if you're looking at, sorry, listeners, we're looking at this map of Europe. So I kind of thought it was similar to. I thought it was more like Western Europe. So it was actually kind of cutting off about here. So you've got your France, you've got France, you've got Holland, you've got England, you've got Spain, you've got Portugal, and America down here in um, the Barbary the Coast. Coast. Yeah, okay. So I thought it was kind so, of more like this, so you wouldn't actually have... So we just slice off um, you far, have west, it far west Norway. Norway. Yeah, okay. And you get rid of Germany and all that shit. Do we worry about Italy? Nah, cut them yeah, out. Cut that out, yep. And then you kind of cut across that way. Okay, so yep, 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 yep. All right, no, no, that, that, that makes sense. Just taking that zoomed-in section. Um, we're not worrying too much about the Middle East at all, are we? I mean, that's no, because that's look, a at the time, at the time. So the, the idea was this was originally we're so looking at period, set period. set around the Spanish-American War, which was 1898, around that time. 1898, about then ish. Um, and at the time, the Middle East was still generally um, either controlled directly by the Ottomans, by the Ottoman Empire. Which or, we can't really expand into any of the yeah, theaters yeah, yeah. without. That's right, it's it just not part of those sense. things. So yeah. I, think, I think we decided not to include that. Yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think maybe the, the British had sovereignty over a Mamluk or whatever equivalent administration in, yeah, but, in uh, Egypt. French perhaps, would have know. been down there as well. Um, it was more after World War One that the French and the British got more involved in that space. So I've got here the Caribbean. Um, or the Caribbean for some people. To, to, some, to, to many people it's the Caribbean. Um, the the Cari Car Caribbean. Is, Caribbean, Caribbean. Um, now, bear in mind, trick on this to make it work is to make all of the maps look like they are the same sort of size makes sense right so if we're going to project or stretch certain regions of the map so this is going to be more zoomed in right then so, so obviously we're going one. to have to yeah obviously we're going to have to zoom in on the europe one right but but for the caribbean how where's the border like do we do we actually need all of the all of the coast. Do we, do we do we need this section? Do we need Louisiana? No. In in the U.S. in order for there to be the U.S. Spanish War. Well, the, okay, you're, you know, you're pointing at Mexico. Um, Mexico wasn't Spanish then. Right. So, so the Spanish we possessions were Cuba. So we've got Cuba and Puerto Rico. We've got Puerto Rico. Okay, that was it. And the Portuguese. The Portuguese. This, I think we situation. had. Just sort of sitting down uh, here. Yeah, that's right. right. We we're having them down here because we, we, we had an alternate history where Brazil was still part of um, the Portuguese Empire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we've got the Spanish, the Portuguese. Yep. Um, the US. The US is primarily around that whole Florida, maybe the southern bits of, you know, Louisiana or Texas or whatever. Um, England and France Eng are these little... Well, England's got, there's like, England and France both have little things down here, like Suriname and, oh no, it's Guiana and French Guiana. So it's like an England thingy, my Bobby. Yeah, 
You got England in Jamaica, man. Jamaica, man. Yep. Um, but don't forget, also, we're talking about each... Okay, so of the four quadrants, you've got strength in only two quadrants for your power, and you're relatively minor in the other quadrants. Yeah. So I think this one, France was quite weak. France was weak. England was weak. Portugal relative. Spain and England, uh, the US. Spain and the US ones. were the main ones here, I think, from memory. Yeah. And the standing army was essentially Cuba. Uh, no, Haiti. Um, Haiti. Because Haiti was independent. Yeah. Um, and it was the other... Belgium, no, Holland. Um, oh, there's another one on this little... The Holland has... No, it wasn't here, but I think they've got a number of different Caribbean islands. Okay, so... Do I include... Panama in this kind of map here. That's kind of the what I'm kind of getting. Oh yeah. So you're looking at a what do you call that when you kind of so instead of having most people when they're thinking of a map, they think straight north south. North south. Yeah. Exit. So you're talking about essentially going more on a looking at this listeners. It's more a um, look. Imagine a stop sign. So is this kind of like a stop sign where you've got something at the top? So it's sitting different to the, and you yeah, actually you kind so, of skew it to be able to fit into this quadrant thing. So, looking at the top of the box, you're actually looking at the northwest. Looking at the bottom of the box, you're looking at the southeast. Correct. So actually, that, no, that so the north the, top of the box is north northeast. On one no, no, side, no, that direction is northwest. Oh, that's not northwest. That direction is southeast. Yeah. So anyway, I know so, we've got to so work it, it all out. Skews it a bit, but it would make it rectangle. Yeah, or, or we could kind of do it more like this this way. Florida itself, you only have really Florida. So we only need Florida. So then you just put like two supply centers in Florida. This is the other way. Look, the other way is doing is Florida, and you cut out most of Mexico. So we're not come down including Mexico this in this. Not really, no. No. And you come down here. Actually, I think um, Belize is English as well. Belize. Or is it Honduras? One of those up. Yeah, okay. And then you just come across this way into you cut this way and then you've got your, you've got your Portuguese down this way. That okay. might work better. So, so more of a... Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting map. So this is looking at Southeast Asia. Oh, yes. Now, this was interesting because we were... I think it was more around this space, wasn't it? We're looking at the... Or was it even including China? Maybe it was cutting well, off around here. Yeah, we didn't want to include China, though, did no. we? Right. No. Um, but we did want to include Myanmar for the for the British. Well, no, we had a couple of different spots potentially for the British in Southeast Asia. Because we also got Singapore for the British. Yep. Right. So we're talking about Thailand being the independent. Thailand being independent. Um, Indochina, Indochina being China the French. For French. So this is where the French are strongest. And Indonesia or Dutch, sorry, Dutch East Indies across the Philippines, well, it's currently Indonesia. Basically That's where we've got the, well, so actually all of this shit. It's all of Indonesia. Okay, not, not shit. All of these, all these locations that I want to be disparaging. Um, you've got East Timor, which is East Timor is Portuguese. Portuguese. But the rest of the uh, Indonesia is essentially that Holland Dutch. But, and then, of course, in um, the Philippines. The Philippines is, no. Oh. No, remember no, we talked no, about, no, 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 we, no, were, we, we were working that, on the that, basis that, that it's the US. middle. It's the middle of the U.S. 
Spanish War. Yeah. Half of it's owned by Spain, half of it's owned by America. So did the Americans come from the north to the south? I'm sure, um, I'm sure our good friend Wikipedia that's never wrong on matters about diplomacy will never be wrong about where was the American initial um, landing zones. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got the French, the British, Portuguese, Spanish, US. Are we missing one? Oh, Holland. Holland. Yeah, okay. Alright, cool. Can we just go, uh, just pause for a second, I'll go get us some, some more drinks? Sounds good. Okay, uh, we're which, back. Oh, yep. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, which kind of leaves us with Africa. Um, mm. So, just watch out for the windsock. Yep. Yeah, we remember this. Now, this one needed a bit of creative zone control, didn't it? To... Yeah, I had memories that we kind of started around Almost like sub-Saharan Africa, wasn't it, pretty much? Sort of basically coming along the Sahara, the Sahil. Is that what it's called? Yep, and then down, sort of like the Rift Valley, essentially. Is that what it's called? Yep. <laughs> um, that's right, yes, that looks to, about right. To allow for the Boers, Holland, in, in, in the southern part of... Um, yes, so Holland is a notional... Yeah, notional owner Affiliated, of the, with, affiliated with the Boers, yep, that's yep, right, yes. Yep. Bit, bit of creative latitude there. Now England um, would be in conflict with the Boers in this scenario, in this area. Well actually that's um, Namibia yeah, which yeah. at the time was um, German. But that can, we'll just consider it to be just a neutral supply centre we'll for that. We'll call that a neutral. Um, we did talk about um, France in this. Like France has France has lots of stuff of around stuff this around. West Africa yeah, stuff, yeah, so yeah. they're quite strong in this space France as well. Is quite strong in this space, yeah. So if that'd be France. I like how your um, F's back to the front. It is, yeah, I'm doing this upside down. That's the right way up. France. Now, America, yeah, of course everyone goes, America doesn't have anything to do with but Africa. They, they had that, uh, Libya? Liberia. Liberia, yeah, yeah. Which one it of these was, is Liberia? So I think Liberia is one of these ones over here, so it's at the extreme. So it wasn't, so Liberia, again, this is a slight alternate history thing like we talked about with the, actually we talked about the Portuguese still owning Brazil, and we didn't actually touch, we didn't talk about too much around the Barbary Coast thing, and that was, that was the one we talked about in Europe, where yeah, around North Africa, around the Maghreb, you had, um, at one stage, the Americans sent their navy over to, fuck if I know why, have a fight with the Barbary pilots, pirates, which are basically based out of that North Africa area. Huh. So we've, uh, we've we've suspended disbelief and assumed that the Americans and were successful to set up and subsequently groups? set up colonies yeah. there. Okay. And much the same way here, and this was actually a real true fun fact, um, a lot of, not a lot, a number of um, emancipated slaves from the Americas after, um, obviously, the Civil War, the Civil War went you know you know what we want to actually make a life of it again back in the back in Africa right and the American government effectively sponsored them to set up a brand new country which was Liberia well wow. so obviously subsequently it's now kind of become its own independent country but um, so that's where we've got an American influence so we're assuming that America still has a steadying hand there for this map for, for the purposes of this so we've got England Holland in the south we've got France around the Horn here. 
Oh, we've just bowled. We've got the US over in the far west in Liberia. But that leaves us with Portugal. So this is the and thing Spain. around the way this is actually configured. I think we're going to have to go a little bit more to the west. Yeah. To be able to include something like Mozambique. So Mozambique is a Portuguese colony down here. That, that's this this whole here, area here is Mozambique. This is Mozambique. Yep. So that's Portuguese. Yep. Okay. I guess I could. That's the Rift Valley over there. It's not there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it goes like this. Yeah. So, I mean, England, you can put in a number of different locations because there's the boards down here, but the English also had presences around here in Kenya and stuff like that. Are they in Rhodesia as well? Well, no, yeah, well, Rhodesia's here. Okay. So, you've got a number of different spots you can consider for England. Okay. The Eng one England might have a large presence, but actually, effectively, not much heft. Do you know, like, if they've yeah. got units all over the place. But they can't, well, they, they but can't they coordinate. They, they can't coordinate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we just need Spain. Like, where's... Because there's an, there's an island I remember, here, remember, this is where we said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little cut-in cut insert. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. So not too far... Actually, where, where you've got cut off around the top here of um, Saharan Africa, Sahel, if you yeah. kind of go a little bit further up the road, you've got the Canary Islands and everything, which is Spanish. So what we were going to do was we were going to do a cut-insert and shove it into the middle of the ocean. And they're Spanish. They're Spain. Okay, alright. Well that gives me some working space to work with. Like just Oh, yes, England, so we've got all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. England, yeah. France, Holland, Spain, Portuguese, America. Yes, got it. Alright. Oh. Oh, we're too clever by half Ken. Alright. So what I'll do between now and the next uh, next recording is I'll... Um, will that be the Christmas recording? That will be Christmas recording. I Honestly, yeah. I, 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 sorry, I'll, I, I don't want to get listeners' expectations up, but I just... I want a little break from the whole Christmas record. Last two years we've been a bit of an extravaganza, and I just okay. can't be fucking bothered this year. I don't know no, but why. But we do have a plaque that we need to... Oh, yes! Yeah. So we do need to do the plaque, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, okay, so we've got yeah. that. Yeah. Very good. Um, we should make sure, just make sure you give yourself some time to be able to factor in getting a new plaque thing in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'm pretty sure I know who's on top of the ranks between us. Uh, I don't think Devin. it's going to change us. Between now and, yeah. What I'm interested in, actually, the good thing about this would be to see how much it's either narrowed or grown. Or grown. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But yeah, anyway, between anyway. then and now, I'll have, um, I'll have zoomed in on that geographic area. Yep. Um, I'll probably flick you some digital files so that I'm on the right track. Yep. Um, and then it'll be a matter of actually clearly identifying on those what regions are owned by what. And then we can start actually breaking down some of those territorial balances. And, nice. Yeah. I'd really love, I and mean, we talked about this before, I think, I'd really love one of, um, you know, the, a really great map maker to make things look visually beautiful. It doesn't have to at the moment, because we need to basically just prove the concept from a gameplay point of view before we get to a high fidelity thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not going to jump into like a... Longer term, um, longer term. Yeah, down the line would be lovely to do. It'd be good to have this aesthetically fantastic. Yeah, we'd love to vectorise it as... Um, old mate over at, um, one of those uh, app things so, yeah yeah it does so um, 
yeah, love to get get to that point, but at this stage, yeah, proof of concept. Doesn't matter if it's a bit rough. Yeah, we'll get there. So we talked at the very beginning around this section section about um, the names and how originally the whole concept was when we first started. We didn't talk about this quadrant thing. We were just talking about Spanish American Civil War. Yeah. So it got me thinking about that particular conflict. So as I said, it happened in about 1898. Are you, um, I know you kind of like history a little bit, but you're not massively big into it. Yeah, I'm not a massive nerd, but I do enjoy, I do enjoy a good history read. So, um, are you familiar with probably the most famous American who fought in the Spanish-American Civil War? Or the Spanish-American War? Oh, it wasn't Custer, was it? No, Custer no. died about, you know, yeah, no, 20, 30 years before that. Um, I'm going to say that's a firm no. No, I'm not familiar, just off the top of my head. Okay, so, so some of our American listeners right now are probably yelling at, at Ken, um, saying, It's got to be! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the second you say it, I know, oh, yep, yeah, okay, go on. But So, go on. Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> okay, yes, yes, yes. So, Actually, yes, okay, yeah. Yep. So, Roosevelt very much at the time was a, a man of his times, around that whole almost American imperialism view of the world, you know, how things should be. Um, America then, as it was at the beginning of World War One, had practically no army. So when the Americans started to actually, after the um, alleged attack on the, shit, what was the name of the boat that got blown up? The Titania? No. no, that was by the Germans in World War Two or World War One. Well, one that was. Um, shit. The main. USS Maine. Okay. Remember the main. That was the catch cry, cry across the, uh, the the yellow, what was called the yellow press at the time, mostly because it was a cheap paper that they were using. The newspapers were yellowish in tint. And it was part of that whole, um, you know, press barren thing of just. Honestly, it's like now. It's full of fucking fake news, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And. I- Allegedly, at the time, you know, the, the Spanish were kind of, you know, this, this, this American um, ship was in port, you know, and it was just, you know, doing its thing, blah, 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 and, blah. And the Spanish blew it up. And the Spanish blew it up. Yeah, okay. Okay? Subsequently, everyone's kind of pointed out that the way those actual particular class of cruisers or whatever it was, was designed, they ingeniously decided to put, you know, the engine room and the boilers right next to the ammunition to the armory. Armory <laughs> So it could have been an accident. It could have explosion. been. It probably was. Anyway, the Americans kind of went, fuck, you know what I mean? Fucking Spain, you, you apologise for this. Give us all this reparations. And of course Spain went, oh, fuck off. So America went, war with you, buddy. So, but at the time, America wasn't very strong militarily. You know, it, it had been a nation under arms, obviously, during the Civil War. Um, but but some, it reverted back into it back an isolationist, isolationist sort of, peacetime yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, when this happened, there were all these calls, essentially, for volunteers. Right. And um, Teddy Roosevelt kind of drew up his own company. So he kind of went to, he got all of his mates, you know what I mean? So, you want to be an officer? You're an officer. It was like, it was like Oprah, you're an officer, and you're, you're an officer, and you're an officer. Okay? 
And he's like, all of his mates from uni and, you know, ranching and hunting and God knows what else, politics and everything. So, um, and then they all kind of went off. And his company were called the Rough Riders. Rough Riders. And that's where I started thinking, should the game be called the Rough Riders? Now, look, I, I like the idea, but, you know, we want to be apolitical with this, don't we? Like, we don't want to... That's not political. Hey? Not political. It, it, it's... Okay. Tell me a story about someone from the same period who was Holland. From, who, was, who, was, who, was, who was Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought you'd right. come up with this counter-argument. Yeah. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay, so, so all right. Spain. Who was the counter... Who was the counter-general in Spain? Okay, right. so... Counter-example in Spanish. Okay, so I won't directly answer your question, but I'll indirectly answer your question, okay? Okay. So my line of thinking then is, great idea, love it, but it sounds very American. Yes, okay? it's American-centric. And it's very yeah. much based around that. But it got me thinking that, look, the, the trajectory that Teddy Roosevelt took to become the president was incredible, you know what I mean? Like, he was a, you know... Well, just the sound humble. of it just sounds fantastic. Yeah, I mean, so it's a, I mean, originally it was like a humble legislator, a humble you know man in, in the New York City Council. You know, he had lots of bad shit happen in his life. He cucked off out west, came back, started becoming a bit of a man in, in New York. He then kind of, as I said, got all this shit happening. Yeah, created this main company, and the main reason that he got so prominent in this was because he led, and he literally led the charge up to attack and take over the main Spanish position in Cuba. Okay. Okay, with everyone, come on, come on, charge, anything like this. So he kind of got this mass presence in the media. Very shortly after that, within like months, he was then elected, um, you know, governor of New York. And, that was and within a very short period of that, within a very short period of that, the, um, you know, because it was so popular, the American President McKinley who was coming up for his second term and he had like dead weight for his current VP and back then they used to jettison dead weight VPs we won't get political here but maybe they should think about that now um, but mind you the quality of politics in America generally regardless of either party is quite ordinary this is personal comment personal comment anyway um, but so then of course he got jettisoned off. He got tapped on the shoulder as, you know, the governor of New York by the president's crew saying, right. hey, would you like to be VP? We're going to shaft this other guy. Right. And he's like, eh. back then VP was a bit of a no fucking, no, no end job. For some reason he said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Within like six months of that, McKinley had been shot and assassinated and he was became president. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, there you go. Um, that might, okay, yeah. So it did catapult him to greatness. It did catapult him to greatness. But at the same time... So he did lots and lots of things which I think exemplify that age. That age. Right. Because he was all about, I mean, he, he never created, he didn't actually, uh, okay. So people can argue this. You could say that he never kind of started any wars or anything like that. He did happen to kind of support an insurgent element in Colombia, basically because they were trying at the time build Panama Canal. And there were okay. two options. It was like, uh, go through uh, Nicaragua which is actually a lot wider but you've got big lakes in the middle so you kind of and the landscape was easier to kind of channel through from one side from the Caribbean or Caribbean into the Pacific yeah okay but whoever was in charge of Nicaragua at the time said nah not interested fuck off 
same thing within Colombia. They said, oh, well, there's this other route within this area called Panama, which was part of Colombia at the time. And they went, no, fuck off. So um, the Americans under probably, um, well, definitely under Brazil, then kind of went, okay, well, we'll kind of uh, fund these, um, you know, these freedom fighters that will now kind of create this new country called Panama, who initially, after they kind of declared independence, went, oh, yes, we'll sign a treaty with America. Yes, you can have Canada. Yeah, you build yeah, a canal yeah, right yeah, through yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's lots of shit going on by there. But the big thing that came from this point of view, and this is where I think the actual true name should be, because whilst it came from America, it did indicate the politics of the time from a real politique point of view. Okay? And it came from a quote that, that Roosevelt delivered, which was actually quoting a West African proverb. Right. Okay. Cross okay. over to All the right. different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm following, yep. Which was, and you probably heard this thing, you know, you know is it, talk softly, but carry a big stick. Well, you want to call it talk softly, carry a big stick. Well, that then formed the basis of what's then called big stick diplomacy. Literally, that's what it's called. Where, you know, you, you kind of use, and this is the way we play our game. You talk softly, but you carry a big stick. You, you've got your supply centers, but you're trying to persuade people to make them do your thing. I think it's probably the perfect name for that period of time but also the way we play the game. Big stick diplomacy. I like it. I do like that. I like that. <laughs> I do. I, I, think, awesome. I, think that's, I think I like that. A big stick diplomacy. I like, I, like, I like that backstory. I like that backstory. We should take a transcript of that and put it in the variant notes. When we, yeah, um, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Well, I reckon that's probably a bit of a wrap. What do you think, Ken? Yeah? I think so. Um, for our Patreons, Ambie's got a... Uh, Gavin's got another... Um, <laughs> it's hard to, hard love, to lose, isn't especially it? Especially after a couple. Um, Gavin's got something extra he wants to share for our Patreon listeners exclusively. Gee, but you'll just have to wait for that. Or jump on and... Um, it costs two bucks. Two bucks. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Not even Can't a even, coffee. Not even a coffee. <laughs> Half a coffee. Half a coffee. Not even that. Anyway... Guys, it's a blast. Thank you. Thank we'll you for we'll listening. Uh, hear from you. If you don't hop on the Patreon, you'll um, hear from us just before Christmas sometime. Yeah, and if you want, let us know about um, Big Stick Diplomacy. Is that a good name? No, oh, good idea. Mm. And if you're a play, diplomacy, a, play, a play diplomacy player, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll reach out to you. Yeah, we'll put you in charge. Not charge. We'll put you in connection with a whole heap of casinos and other gambling venues. Ah. All right. <laughs> I'm Ken. I'm Gavin. See you later. See you Bye-bye. guys.